Mr. A here, saying, how y'all doing? Yo! Are you ready to rumble? Or should I say tumble? Cause I don't stumble, I rumble like a quick and white rumble. Standing on the ground, welcome to the rumble, the pain of the claim has done it once again. And yes, we are back and better than ever. Coming to you with all sorts of excitement, brand new information, brand new show, and we cannot wait to get started. But first... All you guys, all you rumblers out there, I don't know what we're going to call you yet. I don't we know. have big... What are we going to call him? <laughs> yeah, the, the one guy that's The one guy to? that listens? I'm not sure we get to call anything a plural yet, do we? I mean, it's not... I mean, <laughs> the minimum required to be a plural is not there yet. Yeah. So, I mean, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. Uh, so, no, what I want to... Right, we can't pluralize. <laughs> um, Jeez, Louise. Um, I, I'm waiting to hand hand out some of the awards, like the first African American Rumbler. <laughs> ever. That's me. Well, you know, you're 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 a producer. Well, I'm you're, you're not a li- you're not a listener. You, you, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You don't you don't count. <laughs> We're the first African American we had on the show. Oh, well, there, there's that. I'm the first white guy we had. If that yep. matters to anybody. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, seriously, in the world today, I just want to stop for a moment of silence for the passing of Miss Raquel Welch. Andy Dufresne is heartbroken. Yes. All right, that's enough of that. So, um, <laughs> we sorry, have got I didn't know who people. she was either. Oh that's how that's how young Brent is. <laughs> today, he didn't even see Shaw- Shawshank Redemption. Well, Shawshank that's, is a that's great a movie. lie. And uh, a, two dim- a two-dimensional version of her was actually in the Shawshank Redemption. Yep. That's correct. Yep. So uh, <laughs> today we are going to be talking about just kind of in general um, customer communications, the topics that are going to be discussed in three 15-minute rounds. When you hear this sound, that means the round has begun. And when you hear this sound, that means the round is over and we are going to move on to the next part of our conversation but before round one starts i want to uh let you guys know that advocates united is back in dallas on friday march 3rd at 6 p.m at dave and busters located right off of central expressway and park lane the general admission for this is 45 dollars. that general admission ticket gets you a digital copy of the commercial claims advocate public adjuster handbook and the 95 dollar vip ticket get you a digital copy of the public adjuster handbook a t-shirt access to the after event meet and greet we're gonna have jim johnson the contractor coach i'm gonna be there vince perry and and uh, one of my favorites steve patrick is gonna be there talking about negotiation and so this is going to be very good both for public adjusters the hat's gonna be there too i don't know if matt's gonna be matt mulholland's gonna be there i forgot all about that yes coming but i know the hat's gonna be there the hat he's actually in oklahoma the day before so if you're wanting to know how to beat engineers not a bad guy to go get a hold of uh, there in oklahoma i'm not sure if he's in oklahoma city or tulsa i can't imagine he'd be in any other town there if he wanted people to show up so i mean um yeah matt's gonna be there he's gonna be um you know i like to call him the professor he is the professor he's he's so good and he's gonna be unpacking a lot of this stuff and he has he has kind of gotten a specialty at dealing with 
um, engineers. And so I know hopefully he'll be bringing some of that knowledge to this event. But it's a great event, guys. And uh, don't hesitate. Get your tickets. I do fully uh, expect this event to sell out. And so those of you who showed up in Miami thinking you were going to be able to buy a ticket the day of, you found out that is not going to happen. Denied. Standing room only. You were in the lobby standing next to the restroom hoping you could steal somebody's wristband. Trying to figure out what the hand stamp looked like so you could slip by security. Well, guys, I'm telling you, that is not going to be able to be done at this event. We are, again, Dave & Buster's really cool place. The venue is awesome. Even after the event is done, you're at David Buster's. I mean, if you can't have fun at David Buster's, I don't know where you can have fun. So either way, it's not a wasted trip. It's not a wasted trip. So um, did we forget to introduce everybody? Well, I, I figured everybody knew who we were by now. Well, we but didn't know that. Yeah, that's right. Well, the one guy does, but maybe he tells a friend. Well, here I am. I'm Jeremy Lavelle. I am the owner and CEO of Remedy Claims Consulting. I am also your host, sitting alongside. With my good friend and uh, co-host Brent Hooper of Max Claims out of Baltimore, Maryland. And as always, the one, the only, the ever ready, constantly... I don't know. I was Having trying to. Uh, I, was, I was trying. I was trying to pull in. I was trying to pull in some. It. I was trying to pull in some alliteration. Yeah. And I just. Yeah. Whatever. So I mean, she is working the board. She's doing it for us as she always does. Anything you hear that sounds cool on the show, it is not me. It is not Brent. It is the the one, the only baby cakes. Okay. Baby cakes. Also known as Donna. Also known as my wife. Thank you. <laughs> so, and we're all glad to be here. Brent, how's it going, man? Good. 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 Good, good, well, good. awesome. Awesome. Are we ready to get into it? I suppose so. Round just one. Another, uh, just another hump day under the belt. Round one, setting and managing customer expectations. <laughs> we don't even know what to say. Look, I mean, so I, I'm. How do you manage something that 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 can't be managed? You know what I'm saying? It doesn't. I mean, despite some of our best efforts, and I, you know, I I consider communication one of my strong suits, really and truly. Um, yeah. but people like to be communicated with in different ways. Brent, have you ever got the guy that yeah. just wouldn't answer his phone, and all he does is answer a text or an email? He won't talk to you yeah. on the phone. That's me. And then the texts or the emails that you get are, you know, short, short novels. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, or it's, um, you know, when you, when you get, it's not a text, it's 25 of them, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's a moving target, right? An expression that you and I always use is the goalposts constantly get moved. Right. Yeah. So, I think that there's some ways you look setting expectations is one thing. And some people need to take a page out of that book. Some people, you know, you've got to really think about how you want to set up your service and all that stuff, but setting and managing are two wildly different things. Yeah. Um, Because they change. Yeah. Their expectations change. Yeah. You can't set it and forget it. (laughs) <laughs> you yeah, well said yeah you can't set it and forget it it's a and sometimes you know again whether 
whether you're a new PA, an experienced PA, a new salesperson, an experienced salesperson, owner, manager, whatever, this is something that doesn't go away in any in any sort of business or service or what have you. And so it's one thing to tell someone what you're going to do. It's another thing to sort of manage or adapt that goal, the messaging throughout that process. Because setting an expectation is nothing more than setting a goal or a target, right? Um, I'm going to tell you that, you know, uh, I am going to attend your adjuster meet next week. Well, guess what? If I get in a car accident on the way there, I'm probably not going to make it. You said you were going to be there, though. (laughs) Yeah, you know. So, but once you get through the preliminary sort of, this is who we are, this is what we do, and then fill in the rest of the expectations, what I find the most challenging thing is, is that ongoing, the weekly, the weekly grind of communicating. Do you find the same thing with that? Look, I, Yes, I do. Especially when I'm not communicating, I'm re-communicating. Yes. That's yeah. the exhausting thing for me is when I have communicated and communicated. And what I, I mean, and so yeah. in order to really kind of unpack this, I want to go back to, I kind of want to walk back so that I can get to this, get to the point that I really want to make. And what I want to walk back to is it's those questions that all that all clients have. Do you know what I mean? It's those, and I'm just going to throw one out there. How long will this take? <laughs> so, so hold on. How Let's much talk do you about think something. we're going to get? Guess what? Yeah. Ah. So, so <laughs> I wrote a couple of those, dude, they're, they're on my, no one can see this, but they're on my, I wrote a couple of them down. Right. And right. they're fucking, tra- they are trap questions. They are trap questions. They're and trap. I'm telling you whether, whether you're, again, it doesn't matter. Like what, big, nasty, what, ugly bear traps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you're going to have, even if you serve your leg survives, you're still going to get some crazy infection. Like it's, <laughs> it's one of those ones, man. Like, so, okay. How long is this going to take real talk? What, what, I'm, I, I want you to tell me things that you used to say versus kind of if a homeowner called Remedy Claims Headquarters right now, what would you say or what would what do you train your people to say? You know, when because <laughs> it inevitably is going to get fucking asked on every call. So, you know, what do you think, Jeremy? How well, I'm not going to hold you to anything, but I mean, I mean <laughs> we've done a lot of these. We've done a lot of these, right? I mean, we've done this a lot. So I mean, I mean, you know, so I'm not gonna hold you anything. Yeah, I know you're not gonna hold me anything. I I know, I know you're not writing this down. I know that I'm not gonna hold you anything. But I mean, I just you know, kind of give me a ballpark of what what we're what we're looking at here. And even when you tell them this could take this you know certain amount of time, they they get antsy. They get. They don't know what to do with themselves. Well, Donna and Jess kind of brought it up, and I know that she wasn't really kidding. And so, Donna, feel free to jump in here. The answer to all of those questions, unfortunately, is it depends. Or maybe. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. it's it, it's like, look, we, we do not have the full deck of cards. I mean, we're not sitting here going based on, I mean, we can, we can extrapolate some information and we can, and we can make some projections, but I mean, they are wild ass projections. 
I mean, I have seen things that I thought was going to take months and months and months, and I closed it in seven days. Yep. You know, and I've seen things that I thought was a slam dunk and it ended up going to appraisal. And then three months later, we lost the appraisal. I mean, it just yeah. you just can't ever. I mean, you just never know. And so the reality is, is that you have to. And this is the point that I want to make is that managing and setting and then managing said expectation, because the reality is, is those expectations are going to vary based on their patience. And what is going on in their life? Because you can tell them, look, it's going to take three weeks. Yeah. I had one client that I told him, I said, yeah, I'm expecting it's probably going to be about two or three weeks before we get said report from the engineer. Well, on day 20 of 21, <laughs> that guy wants to know where the report is. He said, well, you know, I told you it's going to be two or three weeks. He goes, well, it's already been two. <laughs> oh, so when you when I said two or three, you thought you got to pick. Oh, let me well, reset it. that. Well, they don't get it. We can only see our our side of the battleship board. We can't. We have no idea what really. Yeah, do. and that's a great we analogy, actually. Yeah, I mean, we. I mean, based on some things that we have, some facts that we have, but set setting those is you know that's generally more the easy part, but it's getting out in front of something that we see that's going to go wrong, and then resetting the expectations. It's like okay, we have to pull out an engineer. This is going to elongate the claim process for another probably six weeks. The moment somebody says the word engineer, add a month and a half to it. All right. Just automatically, that one person takes an, I mean, everything stops and halts, and then you insert six weeks for that guy to contact you, set an appointment, show up, and write a report, and turn it into the carrier, and the carrier to get back to you. Because the moment Here's, those things... Uh, Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was done. That's it. My, my, my answer, again, so there, again, these, these questions apply at different phases, Right. So, so homeowner calls in, I need your help. Okay, great. I want to hire you. You know how long you think this is going to take? I st I'm to the point where, and, and I say it sort of jokingly, but also very seriously, I, you know, this could take 30 days or it could take nine months. Right. I, you know, and I, and I usually, it sounds cheesy, but I'll usually follow it up with, look, this is an insurance claim. It is very much a process. And if I had a crystal ball, I wouldn't be on the phone with you. Right. Period. Period. I right. can't. Yeah. And, and, and I'll, and I, you know, and I'll put some lipstick on it because I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm trying to be as honest as I can without setting some sort of false pretense. Right. You know, um, I, and I, and I'll usually tell them like, Hey, every single time I've set a timeline or an expectation, um, uh -huh. I'm usually wrong. So I just stopped doing it. It's just well, what it yeah, is. Cause, it, cause really, really what you're asking me, what you're asking me is how long is it going to take the insurance company to see it our way? And then it, if I attempt to answer that or said, it's a, it's a X, it's a, again, a false pretense, right? So let's just say that the insurance company does everything that I say they're going to do up to the inspection. Well, then how long does it take to get an estimate written well, then how long does it take for them to review it? Well, then how long does it take to cut a check? Then how long does it take for us to get the check at our office? Then how long does it take for your mortgage company to process it? So like there are all these variables 
and some, and I don't get this much in the depth usually with a homeowner, but these are the things and they say, well, how long is it going to take? We really can't answer it, you know, and there's all different ways to be, I guess, clever, but you know, because the, the reality is, again, you want to be honest, you want to educate them, but you don't want to be on the phone for three, three fucking hours trying to explain every nuance to their property claim. Well, and like I think you can't I think set kind of, every, you can't address every I mean. concern. Right. It, well, well, that's, yes. You know, you don't, you don't want to freak them out. It's called you opening just, a can of worms. Well, yeah. and the other thing that I would say, one of the, I mean, so there's like this good, good rule of thumb that, I mean, people have heard applied in many different situations, and that is, you know, under promise and over deliver or those kinds, you know what I mean? But even in, sure. but in the claims process, I think you said it perfectly when you said this could take, this could take eight days or this could take nine months. I, I don't really know because it depends on sort of what happens once I get into it and sort of how they respond to the strategy for, for coverage that I'm, I'm sort of going after. And trust me, I am not picking the most difficult road. I'm picking the most obvious one that makes it easy for them to extend coverage. I cannot think of a public adjuster that goes, hey, wait a minute. I got an idea. Here, hold my beer and let's do this as hard as we possibly can. And figure yeah, out let's make it. <laughs> you know, I mean, nobody's doing that. Nobody's doing that. We want to get this thing closed as quickly as we possibly can. And the quickest way to handle it is not hire me and then just take whatever it is that they hand you, some below deductible perfunctory estimate, and then you're done. The claims process is over. So if your goal, because what I'm trying to figure out here is what is your concern about the timeline? And that really may be a, a, a better question to ask as a follow-up rather than yes. trying to guess what it is that they've got going on if i'm standing in somebody's living room on november 1st and they ask me how long it's going to take i am going to, i've got enough awareness to know there are why are you guys having people over for thanksgiving or something is yeah. that your plan is to use your house for thanksgiving what is it that you've got going hey, on that the timeline is you about th that's dude that's brilliant that's golden right there because look and i'll be the first to admit i've made this mistake i'm trying to sign a claim i'm trying to get this person off the phone because i got 35 other phone calls to make and for whatever reason, I'm I'm in a rush on this particular day with this particular homeowner, and it's no fault of the homeowner; it's entirely my fault. But you know, I'm I'm 90 days into the fucking claim to find out that they're trying to sell their house, and that's part of the reason why they're being such a pain in my ass. Well, that's right. my fault for not for not having the situational awareness to ask the right questions and figure out, hey, why is this person so butthurt about? you know, how long every freaking waking thing is going to take. If I tell them I'm going to send them an email this morning and it's, you know, and I, I'm going to send it first thing and it's, it's seven Oh three. Well, first thing in the morning was 6am. You, you get my point. It's like, why, why is this person being so annoying? Oh, well, they're trying to sell their house. Well, now I kind of, but now I didn't ask that question. Now I get it. Now I understand <laughs> right. because they have closing <laughs> scheduled in two weeks. And if you'd have told me that, I would have told you we're going to have to reschedule that. That's not going to happen. You know? <laughs> yes. 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 You know, and, and, so. and sometimes, and, and so some of these expectations, and I, and I hate to get to this one because that's the time one. The bigger one here is money. And, and I know we're almost out of time in this round, but my expectation of, of, of payment is another thing that they're looking at. And sometimes there's a lot of good reasons. One, they've already spent a ton of money 
dealing with the loss just as it pertains to maybe mitigation. You know, now they can't sleep in their, you know, they can't sleep in their bedroom, but the adjuster hasn't come out and approved ALE. And so there's all of these additional extra expenses that are going with it. And they're not even aware that they, that the insurance company pays for that or how the coverage works, those sorts of things. So those expectations are extremely difficult to manage. And, 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 and I get that. And so it's one of those places where I'm not sitting here suggesting that you should in any kind of way, like schedule meetings, you know, on the calendar, we're going to meet weekly at, at noon on Wednesday, you know, and I'm going to give you an update because sometimes those sorts of things are not achievable either. And you'll just end up disappointing them. The idea here is, is touch the file regularly. When you touch the file, let the client know via email, text message, or give them a call. If they answer, you know, do that. I know, you know, if they answer, tell them what it is. Now I would prefer they not answer and let me leave them a voicemail or send them a text message so that I can get my update out. And if they have questions regarding my message, then I'm happy to answer those. But it's something that it's a continual effort, no matter how far or how, how hard or how easy the claim is. I've had those clients where we sat in a holding, in a holding pattern, because we were waiting on something to be done and I'm off working other claims. I'm trying to close other claims. I have put this thing on the back burner and I'm not really looking at it because I'm waiting on that particular set of information. A couple, a couple like little practical things that I try to keep in mind that I talk to my people about when it comes to this expectation setting or managing is um, things that I like to call home base. So like at the beginning of the process, we send out a welcome letter. It's part of our process. Um, Our service agreement. And then throughout the process, we're going to get into communication protocol in round two. But like some of these, these particular items, I like to call home base because if, if for nothing more, something that doesn't change is our service agreement. So, when it comes to the communication and, or excuse me, expectation setting and managing set expectations, sometimes, you know, your little intro letter, and again, maybe not everybody does that. We do. It's sort of like a very hundred thousand foot view of what to expect next. And then from there, we've got our service agreement, which your service agreement needs to adhere to state requirements. But there's some other stuff in our service agreement that we have that all, all was attorney approved. But sometimes I like to go back to that and remind the homeowner like what we do, right? It's home base. Those are things that don't change through the process. Those, those are the, a few of the only static things in, in this thing that we call public adjusting, right? So that's sort of a practical. We have a couple cut sheets, things that we do on every single claim that I like to use as like friendly reminders. I train my staff to utilize them that way with a homeowner. It's like, Hey, I want to remind you, do you have ABC form in front of you? Yes. Well, I want to remind you, like we talked about this on jump street and we talked about it again here and we're talking about it again today. So anyway, I'll leave that there, but that's helpful stuff that that it doesn't go away. Right. It's, it's record. They signed it. They, so anyway. yeah, right. It, it absolutely, and those things are hard, and that's why I really love the next one is because because uh, the reality is is that the need to set and manage expectations is there. That is part of your job. 
is yeah. to continue to communicate because you have stepped into a place they would ordinarily be in control of. So understand that there are people that are very thankful that you're handling it. And then there are very, there are people that are, that are, that are dealing with dealing with this with a certain amount of trepidation as it pertains to turning over their most expensive, most valuable investment in their life. They're turning the welfare of that over to you. So knowing, knowing how to keep them happy is really important. So, so really quick, um, you know, keeping them in the loop, keeping them, I guess, managing it. Something that I used to run into a lot, because look, especially as you get into, I guess, larger claims or more nuanced claims. And we talk about this all the time. Every claim has its own sort of unique aspects to it. I don't give a shit if you're talking about roof claims or historic buildings. Every one of them has some sort of imprint or wrinkle that differentiates it from the next. And so one thing that I used to get tripped up on, you know, you're on the phone or a homeowner, you know, they're peppering you and they've got this question and that question. I wasn't confident in saying, I don't know. And I don't end the sentence there, but saying like, hey, you know what? I'm not sure. And I'm going to need to get back to you on that. Right. right? And that's yeah. here's, and that's always a fair answer. It has to be a fair answer. One of the reasons why I wasn't confident doing it is because for whatever reason, and maybe I just got a, I have a misread on our industry, but I feel like as public, again, it doesn't matter what side of it, appraisal world, PA world, insurance company adjuster world, contractor world, we, we have this obsession with being know-it-alls. Again, that's just a Brent, that's an intuitive, that's a, a, a feeling that I have. Sure. We have this obsession of like fucking knowing everything about everything and it's just not a reality. And so it occurred to me that you know, I've worked with attorneys before I was in the claim world. I work with attorneys weekly now and attorneys get paid a most a lot of attorneys get paid a lot of money to know attorney things, legal matters. Right. Yeah. And I, and it occurred to me, it's like, wow, this attorney makes $450 an hour and they say, I don't know a lot. Yeah. <laughs> They say well, it depends yeah, right. a lot. Yeah, and the it, thing is, is because they're not going to sit there and blow smoke up your butt. And so it hit me. It's like, well, not that I ever intended to do that with a homeowner, but it hit me. It's like, it's okay to not be like quick on the trigger and, and have the answer every single time and know exactly what to say when, when. And that is Miss, so Mrs. hard Smith. for me to not have the oh, answer. Dude. I mean, it, I mean, crushes my soul when I'm in that situation absolutely crushes my soul. But as it relates to, you know, setting expectations or managing, managing expectations, sometimes the, the best answer is, Hey, you know what? I'm not a hundred percent sure. Let me go try to hunt down an answer on that. Let me see if I can get somebody on the phone to clarify that timeline or clarify. And then, whatever. and then get back to them with the answer. Don't yeah. just don't oh, yeah. that yeah. something yeah. to get them off the phone. <laughs> and I think right. that that's the important thing. And another important thing is military veterans and first responders need our help, guys. Many of them have trouble transitioning to civilian work and life, but they can thrive in meaningful and rewarding careers. Veterans Claim Victory is a 501c3 nonprofit helping veterans and first responders transition to civilian work in the insurance claim industry, and we can reach 
reach many of these heroes and assist in education, training, job placement, and support, regardless of the insurance claim career that they want to choose. For more information, please visit VeteransClaimVictory.org. Org and those guys are awesome. I love Mark Goldwich and they are doing some really good work. I know we talk about these guys a lot, but I'm so appreciative of what they do. Being a former military guy myself, I am glad that there are people helping these guys get placed when they get home, or if even if they've been a, even if they've been home for a long time, you can never tell. You know, life turns, and I just love having something that benefits them moving forward, no matter when they served. So. Um, guys, so round two, round two is communication protocols. Brent, tell me what is, what are some of the, what are some of the static things that you guys have in place just, you know, through your firm, because you've got multiple people working at your firm. So there's communication between the inner office people that are going on. And then there's obviously communication with the adjuster. And then there's communication with, um, the homeowner. So there's lots of, there's lots of protocols here in place. So just, just kind of talk to me a little bit about sort of what y'all's inner office and what your static ones are in those three categories. Um, if it's not in our CRM, it didn't happen. That's something that, yes, I, I guess from a, from a management, I've done lots of things that have never happened. Yes. Yeah. As operations, yeah. It, it, you've got to keep that's, that's communication. It's, you have to keep it's a, up with your it's notes. Super important. Um, so the CRM tool, you know, if you're a seasoned PA, uh, newer, it doesn't matter. Um, you gotta, you need to have a, a CRM that has windows in it so that your counterparts in the office can, um, see what's going on. And, you know, I'm, I'm as responsible for putting my notes in on claims I'm servicing as anybody else. It's that's so that's a cultural thing. That's a trainable thing. It's a job. It's in the job description thing that, that is static. It doesn't go away. So, and, and with that being said, every interaction needs to be input into the system. So if, excuse me, if I text a homeowner, or if I call a homeowner, I don't need to put my text in there, but a, a placeholder is ideally put in the system. It's like sent text messages to homeowner about, um, you know, uh, sc- uh, deck screen bid. So that way, when I'm going through the claim file two months from now, or if I ever need that, it's in there. And I can, that tells me to go back to my text messages on that day, et cetera. So that's, you know, it's, it's in, it's in the sort of, to answer your question, it's static. The CRM, it starts there. It's in the job description for me and anybody else that that's there. And then in terms of the behavior, um, it, it's got to be in there. If it's not in there, it didn't happen. And we train it and train it. And I'm sure my people are sick of hearing me fucking talk about it. But the thing is, is this is like a little, a little pro tip for, for if you, if you've been in the PA world or if you've been in the claim world for, for a while, you absolutely know what I mean. It doesn't matter what side of the fence you're on. If you're a little bit newer, make note, you will be asked three months from now about something that is seemingly inconsequential today. And that thing that doesn't mean jack shit to you today is going to be important three months from now. 
And if you don't have any notes, any record, any anything, it's going to cause you more stress than it was ever worth had you just put a damn note in. Amen. Mark my words. Great job. I can't. I can't. That's just pro tip. And if you're a PA that's that's been in the game or whatever and you're not doing, you don't have some mechanism for this, keep your hair, keep your heart rate down. And start implementing something like this to help yourself out. Sticky notes are is that's not the plan. That's not. It's, it's I would not. like to point Those out. Are, I would. I would just like to point out what CRM stands for. It's called Customer Relationship Management. <laughs> that is really. Right. That is really what it is. And so you really do have to develop that relationship with your client and having these places, having these things in place is critical. Now I'm going to tell you at remedy claims, there are ways that we did that. So we had basically two separate systems that we worked within. One of them was more of our file track system, which we called RCM, which was um, remedy claims manager. And then we also used another product that you've heard is kind of pump here on the show called thrive. That was really more of the relationship manager portion, the communication, the upload your files, sort of the portal sort of touch kind of thing that they had that was available to them. We used that more as the, as the, uh, as kind of the communication tool, whereas RCM was sort of our file track. Now I know we used to call it rectum. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, now here's the thing, and I, I want to make your point scalable to our audience because whether it's the system I use or the one you use, the reality is the pro tip is harness your system. Sure, right? Whatever you know, there are some really good ones out there in whatever space that you're in, make sure that you understand how the stuff works. I don't know how many PAs I've talked, contractors, PAs, whatever people I've talked to where they're paying all this money, but they don't even know how to run a freaking report. Right. What I want to know is what are some of those? I mean, there's a lot of communication protocols. You've got inner office sort of communication that goes on. You've got customer communication that goes on. You've got carrier communication. What are some of the static things that you have in place within your workflow that are those protocols to help to help the outcome? So CRM is number one i mean it's a it's a protocol it's static it doesn't change we have a pretty powerful crm tool that we use and from interviewing staff to hiring to training it's in the job description it's and basically something that's static is hey if it's not in the system it didn't happen and so with that being said that's a rule i beat it to death and I'm as responsible for it as anybody else. And all of our, all of our everything needs to go in its place in the system. Um, and that really helps, you know, it, it, something that we train is, Hey, at any time, somebody else in my office should be able to sort of click into a claim and give a homeowner, a, a, the proverbial update. Right. Yeah. So, so that's uh, from a hundred thousand feet and, and, and I'm happy to get into some more detail, but that's a short Can I answer. tell you one of the things that I'm worst at? 
Yeah. Like I, I'm, t- I, I am telling you for as long as I have been a jester, one of the, the, the rule number one is you had to note the file, mm-hmm. document the file, document the file, note the file, note the file, whatever. Anytime you talk to anybody concerning the claim whatsoever, you noted the file. I'm going to tell you to do as I say and not as I do, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and Brent is really, really right. You have to document it. I am, I am terrible at that. And let me tell you the, the pitfall that I want you to avoid that I have been swimming in quicksand over for, you know, every time I, I, I believe I'm going to remember. <laughs> I, 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 I dude, fully believe dude. that I'll remember that I talked to this person. I'll just scroll through my phone at the end of the day. And I have, I've actually tried to sit down and do that. And I've come across names and phone numbers that I do not remember what we talked about, what the, I mean, even if I remember the guy's name, sometimes I don't even remember what it was he called and asked me about. And I am telling you, I am racking my brain on how to do it. So there's in, in the world of voice to text, there should never be a situation where you can't take that note. Now you may need that's to cop. Been, that's what he's been. You've been doing that. I, and that's, and that's how I work around that is I just go ahead and I do that. Like I was on an inspection today. I've got to write my, my insp- inspection blurb kind of about the situation with the file altogether. And I've got to get that done today so that I remember all of it. Cause if I go and I look at an, I, I'm looking at another loss tomorrow. I have got a lot going on this weekend. I've got all of this stuff going on before I even get back to this thing. And if you don't do it right away, you will forget. There will be a detail that you missed. So, yes, the CRM and noting that file is critical. It's absolutely critical. Let me ask you this, Brent. What are protocols that you have in place for the carrier? So we have – you mean in terms of like – follow-up frequency or like what any of it i mean let me give you an example one of our communication protocols when we're talking to a carrier is that the call is recorded we try to get as much as we can in writing those are protocols that we have we don't record every call um but every so as a again guys uh, i want to stress something because i'm not coming from a mountain on high here but the bottom line is perfection is a goal not a reality and so something that we strive for is if, if, and when, if you call an adjuster and leave a voicemail, you send an email saying you did. So if you talk to the adjuster on the phone, you hang up and you send a quick email that recaps what happened. Now, granted, I realize how sort of grandiose and idealistic that sounds, but I'm not talking about writing a dissertation. I'm not. And so to that end, if I talk to an adjuster for, you know, five, seven minutes on a phone, we cover our bullet points and I'm driving in my car, I might call my office and say, you know, hey, so-and-so, I need you to do me a favor, pull the claim up, blah, blah, blah. Send an email to the adjuster, thank them for their time and, you know, CC me on behalf of Brent, our public adjuster, blah, blah, blah. You know, our call today, we discussed this and that, and you mentioned that you would be sending over whatever document, right? It's not, it's, it's a process. There's a couple steps, but it's something that it's absolutely worth the time because here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. If you don't do it, if you've been in the claim world for a while, you'll understand if you're newer, maybe you understand if you're really new, maybe you just haven't had this happen yet, but something that seems so 
freaking inconsequential today is going to come up three months from now. And it's going to be really important three months from now. And so by virtue of the fact that we can't predict the future, the one thing that we can control in that process is get your damn note in the system. So that way there's some record of whatever it is. And that your claim life isn't a big bundle of he said, she said, or you told me this, or we talked about this a week ago. Well, guess what? If your records are pretty good, and I'd like to think ours are pretty good. I mean, again, it's something that we we try to be, I, I in particular, pretty anal about it. Um, I suck at it, but I'm pretty anal when it comes to my people. Or my, not my people, that sounded terrible, but like my team. Reason being is because I rely on people to help me, right? Actually, so, I was going to make – I want to insert – We, we, we got to get the stuff in there. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that I want to insert here is is the quickest way to make sure no one can help you is not note your file. Because Bingo. the moment that – Dude, the, well said. That's well you know, said. The, I mean, well if you said. if you at, at any point in time – and I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about this because the Texas catastrophe season legitimately started about two months early this year as it sometimes does. I think there's something like Wombat Day that happens on December the 15th that the wombat <laughs> flies across the lake. Then catastrophe season starts early. Yes, but if the lake is – if the lake is drained and then it doesn't start till March 15th, I, I think it's like something like it's that. somewhere in the claim bubble. Anyway. I, you know, but the point is, the point is, is that when you get busy, when you get busy, that is your opportunity to scale your firm or even scale your reach as it pertains to you being a public adjuster and what happens next year when your, your verticals are contractors or your verticals are attorneys being able to follow through and have people come in and help you because more than likely Brent could call me. He's like, Jeremy, I'm going to be out of town for a week, but I've got this engineer meeting that's going to show up. Is there any way that you can cover that meeting for me? And it's like, sure, Brent and I are going to talk about it because we saw it coming. But if that engineer throws something sideways at me or the homeowner asks me a question, I'm going to have to go back to the notes. And it's like, evidently, it was something they previously discussed. I hope Brent has enough notes in here so that I can answer this homeowner's question. And so what you're doing so, is you're setting yourself up to be helped when you make these notes. Let me let me chime in there. You just You just brought up something. And I had a team meeting today that I call it claim inventory. And so... In the context of setting expectations with a homeowner and managing expectations throughout, these things, they change. You know, the, the shelf life of a claim, the, the claim, there's different steps and phases and shit that goes on. And so your claim inventory changes at the beginning of the, at the for example, at the, at the beginning, when you first get involved, your claim inventory might sound something like, you know, need to do preliminary on-site. I need to, you know... Go inspect damage, Matterport, and take static photos. That might be my claim inventory. And that inventory might look the same for the first two or three weeks you're on the claim until you can get out, do your preliminary, inspect, photo document, and again, we'll say Matterport. Okay, great. Once you check those things off your list, your claim inventory might turn into estimate production and, you know, I don't know, uh, fucking proof of loss. The So... Some, but even more, once you get into the, 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 the minutia of the claim, let's say you get past all that and your estimate sent in and, you know, you ask for 50, the carrier gives you 40. Well, now you have an, 
as you move forward, your claim inventory changes. And we track, we track that in our system. It's like the, I call it claim inventory, but it's nothing. It's a glorified way of saying your, your to-do list now, your next step right. now. It's a trackable, These are, it's a trackable, the, yeah, the, re- it's a this field in our system. So right now. Yeah. And this, this is, right. you know, so on that, in that hypothetical, you know, if I was sending you out to, you know, Hey Jeremy, look, man, I'm, I'm going to be out of town a couple of days. Can you stand in for me? I would ultimately be sending you my claim inventory. Look, here's sure. why the engineer meetings Absolutely. happen. And here's the four, here's the four things that we're trying to get addressed, you know, and you being you, you would know what right. to do from there. But <laughs> outside Absolutely. of that, um, that's sort of a, again. That's a that's a static. That's a thing that do we have it mastered and is it great and perfect all the time? No, but that's sort of the ideal. Throughout the claim in well, our CRM, we are we are actively managing that inventory of what are the next? What's the next one, two, three, four things? Well, and that's that important working. as it pertains to that claim inventory and that to-do list that you were talking about, Brent, because I know how to make a decision. I don't need to call. I, I wouldn't need to call Brent on a particular claim to know what to do. I don't have to talk to him to know kind of what my own strategy would be. But if he's kicked the can down the road for a distance under this, under this one strategy, then I'm going to want to go chase that strategy strategy down. I don't want to bring up an engineer when an engineer is not is not a direction that it may be a direction that Brent's completely trying to avoid altogether. You know what I'm saying? And I'm right. seeing this as as an engineer being the thing that's going to win the claim force. Now, we can have two different approaches. They can both be right. Both things can but be context, right as context as, as is key. But the con context yeah, you're right. The context key. is key. So these notes are really important. And while we have, I feel like we fully discussed something that I'm super bad at. I want to, I want to talk about something that I'm really good at, but first Donna, did you have something? Yeah. I just wanted to add that when you're looking for a, a CRM or something or a workflow, you're going to want something that resembles uh, law firm software, because that's the closest thing that I can liken to what we do and the, the roles that, and I would like, to, yeah, I would like to point out that Donna has spent a lot of time in your um, proverbial contractor software, where it's a job management software, it's a project management software, as opposed to uh, a claim management software. And so she's looked at a lot of those, and in fact, she's even built she built our workflow. Yeah. So our, it, our and and because it's different, it, it it's considerably different. So I mean, these are all. I mean, because. Noting the file and keeping that that system up to date should be a protocol in your world. Again, do as I say, not as I do. Now, enough about stuff that I suck at. Here's a protocol that I'm actually really, really good at, almost to a fault, and that's answer your damn phone. Come on. There is no reason to push it. Whatever bad, if it's a bad phone call, it's probably not going to last that long. I can tell you that it's probably going to be whatever it is that they're mad about. They're they're waiting to to emotionally vomit that all over you. I promise you that. So it's probably not going to take that long. Number two, they can't eat you. All that's going to happen is they're going to get off the phone. Either you're going to be fired or you're going to give them an idea of what you're going to do to rectify the situation. But you can't you can't ever hope to get them happy ever again. If you don't answer your phone, you've got to answer your phone. Facing the music 
this is I I can ident- I can relate to this. If you don't want to call that adjuster, it's like last time I talked to this adjuster, I needed to I needed to go to therapy, or I don't want to talk to this homeowner because fill in the blank, or this contractor, or this vendor, this mitt guy, this girl, this gal, what the whatever it is. To Jeremy's point, it doesn't go away. So face the music, take it on the chin. It's okay to get fired. It's okay to, you know, don't make a habit of it, of course. But it's important because you have to then go back. Resetting expectations. You have to reset those expectations. And it's like, and where they can expect to get that from. But you're not going to know that. And to the point that if it's bad, you pushing it off ain't making it any better. That ass chewing that you would have taken if you answered the phone is going to be far less if you answer the phone now than it will be if you push it off for a day. So with that... This is this is um, obvious tip number 15 for this podcast, but know what your job is. It sounds super dumb, but again, it's one of those industry things. If you if you put, you know, 50 public adjusters in a room, I feel like you probably get at least 15 or 20 different answers. Right. Yeah. But, you know, there's there's definitely some basics you better check off when you're answering that question. But for you, you know, if I answer the question, it might sound a little bit different than Jeremy or the next guy or gal in line. But when you're dealing with your clients, make sure you know what your job is. What role, what did you, what are you telling your client your job is as their public adjuster from day one and get, get good at it. Yeah. It shouldn't. It shouldn't sound and too much different. Go ahead. I was just going to say. I'm just going to chime in here, guys. Everything that Brent is saying there, as far as get good at it, you're going to want to know how good you are and what your role is and what your job is, is because you're going to want to fall back on that. Because when you get on the phone with a client that is ripping you a three bedroom, two bath, double wide asshole, you're going to want to, you're going to want to fall back on, on, on the fact that, look, I need to know what my job is. I need to reset expectations and I have got to get this thing back on the track where I am driving this bus as it pertains to the claim. And I, I am directing how this goes and I'm not going to be pushed around. And that's the thing that you have to realize your number one role is, is you are running the claim. You're the one in charge of the claim. Yes. And uh, to, to piggyback that, you, you it, it usually, again, ego, ego aside, whatever, however you want to say it, it's usually somewhat cathartic to be able to tell a homeowner, like I told you from day one, this is what I told you from day one. It's what I told you on day 30 and 60. And here we are on day 120. And I'm telling you the same thing. And this is what I've done over the last two, three, four, whatever months that reinforces that. So yeah. I told you this on day one that I'm here to prove your, you know, pe- folks hire me to help me, you know, to help them prove their loss when they, when they experience a property claim. That is, that is what I do. It's, or it's a large part of what I do. Here is what we have done to prove your loss up to this point. 
So get good at good good at being able to say what your job is because as it relates to communicating, setting, resetting, managing expectations, that is a fallback. Look, I mean, there's there's like thirty other communication protocols that I could I could think of right now. <laughs> yeah, we, you know what I mean. Sure. I didn't. I mean, from the inner office to the carrier to 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 yeah. the homeowner and all of the different things that you do. The basic the basic thing is is realize everybody's looking at you. Everybody is wanting answers from you, whether it's your job or not. And 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 I promise you, there's no answers under the rock, and there's no answers into the in the darkness. And so, what you've got to do is you have got to step into the light. And transparency has got to be the uniform of the day as it pertains to communication and what you're doing. Those protocols you need to keep claim transparency in front of you. Best advice I could give in this situation. <laughs> I just the pain up. of the claim is looking for sponsors <laughs> we would love to promote a business that provides services or equipments to public adjusters restoration companies roofers contractors you kind of get my point here examples would be like safety gear roofing related products restoration equipment payment services crms reporting services um social media services filming whatever it is that you're looking for this is the home for you to advertise. So don't hold back. Let's come together. Let's partner together. Let's get the word out about you and your business and let uh, those of us here at the Rumble and the Pain of the Claim help you tell your story. And that's what we want to do. We want to get excited with you. So if you are looking for a way to promote your business, I can't think of a better way than to get Brent to read your spot because I because he's really good at it. <laughs> For me, <laughs> yeah, that was probably the first and last time I'm ever going to. Those are these I'm two are pros. I'm telling you what. <laughs> if you want someone to hack your value, ha hack your value proposition, Brent's your guy. Yeah. Moving into round three, guys. <laughs> um, round three is going to be the postmortem reports and closing the claim with the client. Um, I had an adjuster that where I came up with this idea is I had an adjuster that lost a file. I mean, just absolutely got his teeth kicked in. And um, I said, well, you know what? It happens. And it was yeah, a water sucks. loss is what it was. That's, and the carrier wouldn't sucks. even come out to inspect. He went through the whole he went through the whole um, filed a filed a complaint with the with the uh, Department of Insurance. And argued and wrote emails and i mean worked the claim as hard as he possibly could he updated the file i looked at this thing and i said and i just basically looked at him and said well sometimes you lose and he just could not get over it i said you know what you need to do is you need to go write down and just evaluate what you believe you did right what you could have done better you know, and that's just your own self-reflection to make you a better person and then go call your client and let them know what you did. And I, you know, those are hard to do when you lost. I just recently lost an appraisal. I just recently lost an appraisal or, or what I would consider losing. And I know that what the homeowner was expecting considered it losing, but these are things that we have to sit and unpack that make us better. They do. I mean, so, you know, I, I'm not going to be cheesy and say a failure is not a failure. It's an opportunity to improve. I'm not, I'm not, you know, cause God, I, I just throw up, threw up a little bit in my mouth. But. <laughs> I'm not going to go down that road, but there is an element of truth to that. 
There is an element of truth to that. I am just saying that going back and looking at it, because you can take that, especially if it's a loss, you can walk away with a very heavy feeling of rejection. And 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 I don't want to get into self-loathing, but it can happen to you where you're not processing the information and it can jack with your confidence. And it, I don't know if you've ever walked into an adjuster meeting, Brent, where you weren't completely confident, but you'll get oh, you'll get ringed. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you need to get this thing off of you before you go get into something else and the postmortem to talk with the client, talk with your supervisor, whoever your mentor is. When I get my teeth kicked in, I call Brent. Just got my teeth kicked in. I just got bitch slapped by the carrier, you know, and it's like I thought I was going to win this one. And and it's like getting those off and hit, just hearing Brent go, dude, you're one of the best public adjusters I know. There is no way, you know, and I and I and I've gone through phases. Donna's got a, a a beautiful saying about roofs. They hurt your feelings. Roofs will hurt your feelings. They will, Aww. and and it's like you just cannot gauge because remember what your job is. Your job is not to win. Your job is to prove the loss. And if you did that and the carrier still said no, that doesn't mean you failed. Right. Right. So your job is it, to prove look, the loss. You know, I don't like getting into, you know, semantical bullshit, but like part of, part of you this really? is, yeah, <laughs> part of this is, uh, yeah, I, I was kidding when I said that, but stop <laughs> thinking about it. Stop thinking about it in terms of winning and losing. I mean, yeah. right. Yeah. It, 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 we, Ego you know, has no place in the claim. Right. And that, that's a page out. That's a Jeremyism that I I've held near and dear for a couple of years. And it's so true. You know, I was a division one athlete. It, the, the competitive stuff runs through my veins. You know, I, I, I thrive off of having something to measure myself against, you know, um, oh, a yeah. starting, a, a starting point and an ending point. One of the things that I, I love about business development and this industry is, you know, you can, you can, a lot of what we do fits into a spreadsheet. Right. Yeah. It's something there's so much qualitative stuff that goes into what we do, but it's nice to quantify it sometimes. It, it right? really is. So, um, yeah. I mean, and it's hard. But, it's hard because we're measured that way. We're, we're, yes. we're graded. We're graded and it's, measured that we're not graded on the job yep. that we do. We're graded on the results yep. that happens. Yes. That's, and the, and result that's the, reality. Is, the, the result is measured by usually numbers. Right now. But again, it's a fatal flaw. And so getting back to my point, it's like, to some degree, you've got to stop thinking about it in in those terms, because well, it's, it's not it's not really. It's, think, I was just going to say, I don't know if you can stop thinking about it. You just have to realize that that thinking is not going to get you anywhere. There's no there's no answers down shoot. down down that rabbit hole. Right there, you go splicing my words. So fair enough. It's not, it's not that it's bad or that you should stop altogether, but it needs to be well calibrated. Self-awareness, situational calibrated. awareness. I like that. I love that it's, word. When you start thinking, I'm, I want to beat this adjuster, or, or you know, you're thinking about him as he's the enemy, that's when you need to step back and say, this is not, I mean, 
my ego is getting in the way here and it's not helping the Oh, and trust me. I mean, I have been I have been foaming at the mouth for the homeowner to let this dog off the chain so that I could go rip somebody's throat out and I realized that there's no there's no there's no real benefit in that. Now, I want to defend yeah. them and protect them and and yeah. as it pertains to the competitive streak that's in me and probably in most of you, look, our entire culture is hinged on competition. Our entire economy is hinged on com- on the competitive market, right? And that's how we basically yeah. keep ourselves honest, really and truly. So it is hard to take something that is a, a societal integration in how you were raised. You know, it becomes and, and, ingrained. And turn it off. And, <laughs> yeah. then, and then just assume, and then not grade yourself by that. Right. You know, yeah. and that's that's an almost impossibility. But there are and that's why, you know, we have said on this show a thousand times that if you don't have that guy that you talk to a mentor, you need to get one. I mean, and they don't even have to be in the industry necessarily. I mean, I know tons of people out there that can encourage you through these things. And if you're struggling in claims, get help. Get help. Go to the Pain of the Claim Facebook page. Yeah, go to the Pain of the Claim Facebook. Great place to ask questions. (laughs) Shit, that's good. We're going to remove that. (laughs) That's okay. I don't care if you remove it, but I had to make Brent laugh. That was was for Brent and Brent only. (laughs) The the Pain of the Claim is there for you to ask questions. And if you get your teeth kicked in, come in. I mean, come in because it, it happens to everybody. Well, and there's a good yeah. chance that you're that that you you got your teeth kicked in and you didn't have to. So again, setting yourself up in a place, and I get Facebook is not the safest place in the world to say that you messed up. Okay, yeah, you know yeah. It, it it's not, and I get that, but I will tell you that if you can find that person, and I would love to tell each and every one of you that are listening or both of you that are listening. <laughs> you brought a girlfriend this time. <laughs> you got a mouse in your pocket, I guess. I, don't, um, <laughs> I would love to tell you that just bring it to me and I'll answer any questions. The reality is, is I don't have time to answer all of the questions that are going to come out of it. But if I do have time and it's on, and it's on the pain of the claim page, I will chime in. I will come in and I know Brent yeah. will, I know Donna will in any of these things. And so whatever question you have, whether it's business model, claims related, whatever, you know, whatever it is, how to be creative on social media, that's the place where you can ask these questions and we will make sure that it's safe. How, I will defend you. How is true, true intelligence measured? True intelligence <laughs> is not measured by the facts that you know. It's really measured by the questions that you ask. And the only stupid question is the one you didn't ask. That's the, yeah. Well, I could go on. Smartest people in the world realize how much they don't know. Yep. And I'll also tell you this. The most talented people in the world are coached. Yep. Go Chiefs. How much? Hey, you you just want to keep doing cheesy. Cheesy cheesy one-liners. Yeah, (laughs) we can. Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> do a whole <laughs> and by the way not all claims end poorly but i know that you know whether you're whether you're doing that post-mortem call to hey final check comes in and everything was great or or the claim sucked and and we didn't get the result that we wanted one of the somebody one of the smartest people i've ever met um the guy was a guy was just a freaking savant um 
he was a, a national director of sales at one of the companies I worked out at shout out to Zach. Uh, he will never hear this podcast, but I was, I was interviewing with him and you know, he's asking super competitive company and he's, a, he's just a, the context of what he said was in the interview and he's asking me all these questions. He's trying to get me tripped up. And if you could imagine like sitting there, he's a former pro basketball player. So he's like six, eight, just a beautiful man and uh, played at Ohio state. And he's sitting there asking me all these questions that are loaded as fuck. And I'm answering them. And and every question had like five follow-up questions. So I was like, tell me about a time when, okay, well let's get more specific with that. What happened when you did X? And then what, well, why do you think the client did Y? And the reality is, He's trying to uh, he's trying to see if I'm I'm bullshitting in the interview like everybody does, right? So he took yeah. a behavioral interview to a whole new level, and he goes, and I looked at him. I'm like, I know why you're asking this question, dude. I looked at him and said that, and he goes, and he smiles, and he goes, the truth is always readily available. He painted me into a corner with one of his questions or lines of questioning. So, right. lo- long story, the truth is always readily available. And sometimes when a claim doesn't go, again, the way that we had hoped, sometimes the truth is the best medicine with a homeowner. Yeah. You know, and right. and you had mentioned earlier about just, you know, pick up the phone, you know, take some time, cool off. But when you make that call, it's all right to let the homeowner know everything you did. It's okay that you tried your balls off and it didn't go everybody's way. And I've had quite a few homeowners that, Look, it sucks. The situation sucks. And I just spent three, four months working my ass off to try to, you know, do what needed to be done. And here we are. And they thank me. Yeah. You know? I've, I've been like, thanked by the guy. I appreciate you know, you, all your hard work. I mean, yeah, like, I, I've been thanked by the I, – I, that's that's happened before. You know, I've also gotten people hundreds of thousands of dollars and they, they're mad about it. Yeah, and they're still pissed off. So, I, you know, guys, <laughs> who the fuck knows? <laughs> well, I mean, and we don't. I, so I, I, what I, I, what I want to say here is, is it is bad to walk off from a win and not really review sort of what happened you know, sort of, sort of the Reader's Digest yeah. or the or the yeah. commentary on the claim. One, you should write it down because there's a lot of things that you probably would have learned. And the other yeah. thing is that you should do is go over sort of your thoughts and opinions about how the claim went. You know, and and there's a lot of good things that can go on in there. And I'm just going to give you guys this one little marketing tip. If you're a public adjuster, probably one of the the most common questions that you get is is uh, one of the most common questions that you're going to get is who's the best insurance carrier? You know <laughs> that is I get that question more more than any other question that I have ever gotten is who's the best insurance carrier? And it's like there's no real there's I, and I'm not going to tell you which one that I necessarily think that it is who's because it claims lately because claims are claims are claims. You know what I'm saying? They're in business to collect premium, not in business to pay claims. And so, and, and, and it just happens to be a part of their business. You know what I mean? Paying claims just happens to be a part of their business, but that's not why they thought it was a good idea to get into business. And so they're in business to collect premiums and not pay claims. And they're kind of betting that you don't, and you're betting that they do. 
And so, and, and so, and it's, and it's kind of this give and take tug of war over the whole situation. And they are trying to, they're trying to monitor how much goes out in claims and they will use all kinds of things. And, and we could go on and on and on about communication protocols and setting expectations and doing postmortems. And we can, we can sit here. And the reason we talk about these things and the reason we unpack them is so that we can get them out in front of us so that we can see them. And they're not just things that have been rattling around in your head. So if you've thought that, trust me, it's common to think these things, but there's not a lot of information out there as it pertains to the nuances of your job. Um, I, w- I just want to, um, add when you're if you're doing your postmortems and you're writing these things down go back and look because then you're gonna you're gonna wonder i don't remember when i didn't know this i don't i don't remember not knowing this you know you're gonna you'll see your improvement it's so important yeah and what was the thing that you did advice i mean that is really really what is the thing that you learned on this claim what is the thing that you learned on this claim that you didn't know before you got into this claim or you i mean you used it on the recent most recent one See, this I, argument worked. Yeah, I learned not to These do were this, the cer- I did this instead, yeah, th- and it won. Absolutely. That is great freaking advice. Good God. Write that down, somebody. It would be great if we were recording this. <laughs> so, <laughs> guys, <laughs> that is all the time that we have. I want to encourage you to, if you like what we're doing, please give us some comments. For each show, we actually put a post on Facebook right after the show comes out for you guys to comment and interact about the details of the show. So we're looking forward to that. That should come up. So look every Wednesday when a show comes out, there's going to be, there's going to be a follow-up discussion that's going to be held on Facebook. Guys, we always want your uh, ideas and topics. Please press like and subscribe. Um, what am I missing here? I know I want to talk about something. I want to know where they're listening to us from. Oh, they're le- you can find us. You find a re- I I encourage you guys if you're sitting at your desk, it's a good time to turn on the YouTube version of what we do because Donna's got a lot of really cool fun things that are in um uh, that are in the video. So, and, and um she does this this whole little special video. It's not me or Brent. It's just this special video of things that happen throughout it. And then um, you can also catch us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Amazon Podcasts. Uh, what am I missing? YouTube. Yeah. And then YouTube. We talked about YouTube. But We're guys- also on TikTok. There's a bunch of – we're just posting crazy stuff on there. And uh, Instagram. So, and I know, I know Brent wants to hear from you. I want to hear from you. I really want to interact with you. So guys, please bring your questions. We love your comments. Any sort of criticisms you have, we are wide open. We'd like to hear it. Um, Again, so that is going to do it for us here at the Rumble. I want to say thanks to uh, Donna um, for uh, taking care of us and doing all of the hard work, getting us out there on in the podcast world and getting us out there on the airwaves. Brent, as always, brother, it is a pleasure unpacking this stuff with you. It has been one of the, it is truly one of the great experiences of my life to get to work claims with you, with you, friend. And I really, really do enjoy it. And I mean that. Aww. That is mutual, my friend. That is mutual. So uh, you make it, guys, you make it all worth it. <laughs> Oh, oh guys. Yeah. It's a day after Valentine's Day. It's going to spoon after the show. It's Brown Times Day today. So. 
it's time to hit the, the closing music now. You know what? You know what? <laughs> we will be back next week. In the meantime, stay ready so you don't have to get ready, and we will see you on the next one. Yes, work on man, I don't even try to diminish it. I won't start it, but I damn sure won't finish it. You're still here? It's over. Go home.